I'm Peter Hernandez, and I've been in the real estate industry for 50 years as an agent, president, and founder of a brokerage. You're listening to The Core Truth, a collection of my experience, knowledge, and advice for real estate agents and executives to take their career to the next level. Well, hello, everybody. This is Peter Hernandez, and I'm your host for The Core Truth. And today I have Dallas Douglas Elements Sales Executive Sales Manager Concho Minnick with me on the call. You know, we're going to talk about you know what it takes to run a great office and how to be a great manager. Um, Concho, thank you so much um, for being on this call with me today. I really, really appreciate it. Um, it's really, really a privilege to have you on. Um, for those of you that don't know Concho, I'm going to let him talk a little bit about his background. Um, but just as a brief introduction, you know, he's owned his own company. He sold it to a major firm and now he's managing, um, our Douglas Elliman Dallas office, kind of one of our flagship offices in, in Texas. So Concho, welcome, welcome to the podcast. It's so great to have you on the core truth. Thanks, Peter. I think it's a real honor for me to, to do this and spend the time with you. Um, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll start with a little background, um, and I, I really, you know, before getting into real estate, um, most, most of people know me as a finance guy. You know, I, I spent years and years doing mergers and acquisitions. I was a CFO, uh, really made my living doing financial modeling, raising capital, doing transactions. And it was such a great um, experience for me. It was, it was really more broad than you would think. Um, and it, it led me to these opportunities to run companies. And so I made the leap from being a finance guy to get my first opportunity to run a big enterprise, which I did, uh, which was in entertainment, believe it or not. Mm. Um, I learned in that company how important culture is and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about that. Um, and then coming out of that company, I was an investor in a brokerage. I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to run that brokerage for a few years and we built it and, and sold it. So um, originally a finance guy, then an operator, then an operator again. And here I am, I guess, right. an operator again. Well, it's, it's so interesting because when we interviewed, you know, originally for the position, um, you know, I was so impressed by your background and I knew that they would, all of those um, experiences would help you very, very much in the branch management world. But we also talked about, um, you know, some of the newness that was going to be for you that, that, that actually, you know, working with these high powered agents and, and helping them, you know, develop their careers and, and, and grow their businesses um, was going to be a new challenge for you. Um, and I think that it was for me, I know, you know, when I went from sales, cause I had a little different background than you into the management, you know, I realized right away that, um, it required just a completely different toolkit of skill sets. And, um, I want to ask you just right off the bat, now that you've been doing this for a while, mm -hmm. what do you think the skill sets of a good manager include? Like if you were to describe a man, what skills a manager needs, what would, what would be some of the skills? You know, I, I would say, Peter, that they're that they're universal to some extent. I don't I don't know that it's unique to brokerage. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is just 
this this sense that I want there's something that I want to give back, right? That I have this need or this this drive to help grow people, you know, and to benefit people and and something to share. And uh, that doesn't necessarily have to emerge out of real estate, right? That's there's business experience there and personal experience and uh, really anything, just like it, like any other business. So it starts with really just wanting to, you know, help make other people's lives better. That's where it starts for me. And then I, w- I would say that, um, you know, it may sound simplistic, but just uh, from where I sit is is layering on a commitment to do that consistently again and again and just come to the table, you know, calmly um, and patiently help explore people's skills, find their strengths. And I, I think that it takes time. I mean, you got to have patience there. And when they see you coming back again and again with that kind of commitment, um, it you know, it'll build trust. And then when you build trust, you can build the team. And it, I think it just goes from there. And, you know, I think that if, if managers can, can find sort of a calm awareness in this and keep doing it, it's, it's really just an example of what we're asking agents to do too. It's really not very much different than what we would like to see in them. Right. Yeah, Um, no, it's, it's interesting you say that because, you know, I think we would all agree that our top agents make way more than we do. And so it's not <laughs> good. It's not for the money. Um, no. and you mentioned it's for, you know, kind of being a service and, and, and being supportive and helpful. And you also mentioned, you know, that you have to be there for them and you have to do it day in and day out. And that means to me, like, you're not in the spotlight, your agents are in the spotlight, right? You know, that's you're fine. the one that's in the background kind of being their support and their, and their, their guides and maybe their mentors and all these different roles that we play as managers to help them perform at their highest levels. I mean, that's fine with me. I don't need to be in the spotlight. (laughs) So, um, you know, when you, when you think about a a great real estate office, like the one you've developed in Dallas, what, what do you, what do you think are the makings of a great, great real estate office? Gosh, there's a lot, you know, I mean, I think that in, in brokerage, you know, it's not the highest margin business, right? So that we get our teams, our, our operational teams get expected to do a lot. You know, we have to be kind of multidisciplinary players, you know, and I think a lot about the dichotomy of leadership. Um, you know, I'll, I've got to give Jocko Willink credit for that terminology, right? But it's really this idea that you're willing to do the small things, you know, the the little things that are detail oriented, maybe it's, um, you know, texting an agent or, or just, um, you know, looking after your financials or just taking out the trash. It, it doesn't matter. Um, but at the same time, you're willing to do the big things, the strategy work, the creative thinking. And, um, you know, it's, it's really an entrepreneurial mindset. I think Peter, that, that translates well to agents' businesses, right? Mm-hmm. So it's it's this idea where you've got, I think about this all the time, you've got the micro detail-oriented stuff that is you know, maybe menial in, in the big, exciting strategy work. And you really have to spend time, in, in my estimation, on both riverbanks, 
Hmm. You know, and they're both good places to be. They're, they're essential places where you need to spend time, right? But if you spend too much time on either one of those, you're not moving downstream, I think, as fast as you probably could. And so I, I think, um, you know, that's it's I think a good office comes with an entrepreneurial mindset. Like oh, I love that, you know, and I, I think there's a hospitality element to it, too. Right. I mean, um, it's it's not handing people a beer and a sandwich when they walk in. But, <laughs> you know, uh, you have to, uh, I, I, you know, having people feel welcome that they're that they're a, a part of it, that, you know, we do have a good culture and that they identify with that. And I hope we get to talk about that. I mean, screening people, you know, mm -hmm. uh, recruiting to culture um, and, you know, just got to offer something other than a mechanism for them to make money. Mm -hmm. You know, workplace satisfaction is sort of the number one thing people bring up in um, when they think about well-being. And um, it's just, it's important. Well, when I think of your office, you know, um, you know, what makes, what helps make it great, because there's lots of factors that I think make your office great, you being one of the main reasons, the agents being the other main reason you have great agents there, but there's a collegial kind of collaborative environment that you've created, uh, within that office. I mean, there's a, a real care that I sense people feel about you helping you continue to develop that office and make it a great office. They come to you, they say, you know, Concho, you know, this is working well, this one, we got to get, you know, they're there, they're mm -hmm. part of your team as much as you're part of their team. And, how did you, I mean, how would a manager create that within an office, that, 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 that close family environment that you've developed? Well, I'd love to take credit for it all, Peter, but I can't, you know, I, I mean, I think it starts with, um, believe it or not, I think it comes from a learning mindset and, you know, um, it's, it's one of the things that I really adore about Elliman is that there's this magical um, learning mindset here and people are learning, learning, learning. And it, it makes you at some point want to teach and want to share and want to include people. And so I think some of that existed just from the company level before I got here. But mm -hmm. um, that's something that's always been important to me. Mm -hmm. And it's something that attracted me to Elliman. So, you know, and I guess to go a level deeper there, when you when you put yourself in the position of thinking that the world is a great place, there's something good to learn from everybody. Um, it makes you more positive. It, it just comes off more positive, right? So when you're in conversations, you're um, you're more in the moment. You're appreciating it. You're you don't think you're better or worse than anybody else. You're learning, right? And um, it's like a 300, we call it 360 degree learning where we're all learning from each other. Like, what can we learn from the person at the front desk? What can we learn from our new agent, our experienced agent? What can we learn from our manager? What can we learn from the executives? Like we all have these coaching moments throughout the day with everybody. Yeah, I think it's, I, I think it may be stronger at Elman than even Elman re realizes. I think it's the Elman superpower, you know, and I love it. And I, I think that when we, when we foster that, um, you know, when agents get into a, a learning mindset, 
in a in a position, you know, only then when they're they're thinking more deeply too, that can they enable strategy. And when they think strategically, they can get to simplicity. And when they get to that point, they're gonna they're gonna really take off. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. So since it's, since I think the makings of a great office has a lot to do with um, office culture, let's mm -hmm. let's just skip ahead and talk about office culture for a second here. How do you yeah. build culture in an office? I mean, it, it's talked about. I mean, and honestly, I think it's probably the main reason agents join an office is for the mm -hmm. culture. Way more than the compensation. I know there are some agents that are just totally focused on compensation, but sure. they may not be the agents even wanting your culture. If they're that focused on me, 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 you know, it's, it's difficult to ever make them happy. So how do you, how, how mm -hmm. do you like look at office culture and what do you, what are some of the things you do to develop it? Uh, I think um, it starts with realizing that culture is everything. It all really starts there. And uh, number one, you can't be afraid to talk about it. You know, some people think it's it's a it's a sign that you hang in the break room, you know, or it's something for bigger companies or different companies or different industries. It's it's not it's it's for every company. And um, it it begins with talking about it. You know, I talk about it in recruiting meetings, Peter. I'll be talking about this afternoon. And um, and so you you have to have this idea of what it is. And you just put it out there and start, um, you know, talking about it in front of recruits, in front of staff that you're going to hire and people will self-select, right? Mm -hmm. They'll, they'll either come to that or they won't. Um, and if they're here, uh, they may go somewhere else and, um, you end up ultimately when you w work your way through that with a team that is more connected with, um, you know, they're, they're doing things on a daily basis that you're, you really don't have to tell them to do because you're kind of operating from the same playbook. Sort of the ethos, mm -hmm. the, you know, that, that basic underlying, I don't know, tenets of values. Mm -hmm. Like what values do you, do, you, do you put an emphasis on? Well, I've already said learning. Mm -hmm. Learn, it's, to me, that's one of my favorite cultural points, yeah, right? Having, having a learning culture. And then I think that, um, you know, being very genuine is, I would say, next on the list. Mm -hmm. So um, there's no one's, you know, pretending everyone is is uh, being straightforward and it's you are who you are, you know. Um, and I think a lot about that. It's it's um, it's the same way you would treat your client base, too. Mm -hmm. It's you know, you're, you're committed to it. You're genuine. There's, we're not here just to make money. We're, um, we're, we're very open people and, um, we mean what we say. Mm -hmm. And then beyond that, I, I, there's a few more things I can say. I think being driven is mm -hmm. also, I would put number three on the list, right? It's, and that's not, you know, a boiler room culture or anything like that, but we're here to do things today. You know, we, we want success today. We want to help each other today. Um, and you know, I could, I could talk about this forever. I think, I think learning genuine driven is a great, is a great place to start for me. So you mentioned, um, you know, everyone has to buy into the culture 
And so the agents you keep and the agents you bring in are going to help determine the success of that culture. When you're looking to hire a new agent, and I know you have lots of agents coming to you all the time that want to join, what are the qualities you're looking for before you'll actually let them in the door? You know, it starts with, um, you know, when you get into these meetings, I think it starts with an engagement of um, listening and learning. You know, when I'm sitting across the table, um, you can tell who's engaged. People are there that really want to know what Element's all about. You know, when you start talking about what's unique about Element, all the wonderful things like DEDM and Knight Frank. And, you know, if, if they're engaged in that, you know that they're, that they're wanting to learn something, mm -hmm. you know? And I think the faster someone brings up splits, <laughs> the less I like them <laughs> in general. Right. You know? I mean, um, we have a philosophy that if we like each other, the economics are easy. Exactly. Um, so, you know, and I, I will, um, I will talk about culture, just like we talked about and, and roll through those items and, and kind of probe that. And then, um, you know, I, I think that I may test them a little bit on humor too, which may not be really <laughs> traditional, but we want to have a, you know, we want to make fun of ourselves and, and have a good time along the way too. And, How do you do that? <laughs> I want to do that from now on. I love that idea. No, I mean, um, if you're in any of our sales meetings or you're in this office, you're going to laugh at some point. Um, and, and why not? Life's too short not to do that. Yeah. And, um, Look, people, some people are more comfortable than others having a good time and laughing. And it, it doesn't mean we're not focused or not getting things done, but it just, I, I think it, 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 um, it, it may signal people that are more comfortable with themselves, you know, and that can make fun of themselves. I, I just, um, I think, you know, when humor shows through it, it helps me like somebody. That's great. I absolutely agree with that. Um, you know, there's, so much talk about growth in our industry and, you know, uh, companies, growth trajectories, office growth trajectories. Um, what, is, what is your uh, philosophy on growth for your office? Yeah. Um, you know, we are in such an amazing marketplace here, Peter. Um, mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but it's, you know, this market area is something like 9,300 square miles, right? So think of it as roughly the size of Connecticut. And, um, you know, to me, there's, there's really interesting activity going on everywhere. It's part of what makes it exciting, right? So not only do we have these migration patterns where people are coming here and big companies are coming here, um, but there's growth in all corners. We can go, we can drive an hour in each direction for where I'm sitting right now and enter a million dollar plus residential gated community. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so the way that translates into a growth philosophy is I'm, I'm trying to cover a massive area and treat all the major sub markets as important. You know, I want to, it, it, we can't be experts in every corner, right? I mean, we, we try, um, but, you know, I don't, I think there's, there's markets where there's more activity and they're more well-known, 
and those will always be important to us and um, part of our operation. But I'm really liking the idea of um, Elliman having horsepower and expertise in all of these major submarkets in this area. And that may just be like, okay, gosh, that's not so unique. But I don't think any brokerage that is not a franchise, Peter, has really done that here yet. Mm. You know, and I, I think that's that's a that's a a great opportunity. How do you see us. it happening? We just have to keep doing what we're doing. I mean, we have to, it's a, it's a lot of time in the car. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we um, have to be willing to, to, you know, be in recruiting meetings late and to drive, travel a long distance to do business, to do farm and ranch, um, to look at, um, you know, condo tower opportunities. We, it's, it takes a lot of mental <laughs> commitment because it's, um, there are so many areas and so many potential people that we can work with. We, we just have to, you know, plant our seed and get, um, get a foothold in each of these areas and then keep supporting each other from there. You know, it's, it, it may not be obvious why having bringing a $50 million team on in Frisco can help you in Highland park, but it, it really does. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because you're, philosophy aligns so much with the element philosophy, which is so different, like you said, than the franchises out there, you know, being independently owned, we control completely every market we go into, every market we choose to go into and all those things. And as a philosophy, the company is looking at luxury markets and no tax markets as our, as our target markets. And on top of that, you know, I think we're very, very, very careful and selective in our growth much more so than some of these companies that are either hiring any agent that can, you know, fog a mirror or open in any city where somebody wants to join them or, you know, just going for massive all things to all people. I don't see that as Douglas Elliman. It isn't Douglas Elliman and it, it's not the Dallas office. No scale for scale sake doesn't connect <laughs> you culturally, you know, with your team. It's, it's uh, your, it's a really a big leap to think uh, if you grow with a massive acquisition time after time, it's, it's hard to ho hold together. Right. And, mm -hmm. and I think in our business um, in particular, that where your, um, your assets go up and down the elevator, if you mm -hmm. will. Yeah. Um, or as I say, assets have feet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, I, you know, it's, I think it goes without saying that, that I think, um, it's, it, it's more important than ever. I, I don't want to say culture too many times, but it, that's hard to do in, in big acquisitions. Yeah. Right. And so, um, element has shown that is it's consistent and it's, it's going to be analytical and, and go slow and be here for the long term. Right. That's right. Long term um, life. Exactly. That's how I like to think of it. And, um, you know, companies and agents want to focus on the near term sometimes, but it's, it's, um, I think it's really important to look a few years into the future. I agree completely. Um, what, what are, how, do, what are your priorities as a manager? Um, and, and, and how do you organize them day to day? Yeah, I, I think the, the 
overriding um, principle is just balance. You know, um, you know, the core of, of what we have to do, right? We have to get ourselves out into the marketplace and get noticed and recruit people and attract them to who we are as a company. Um, you know, we have to touch our, the agents that we have. And so you have to carve out uh, some time to do that, whether it's big or small, you know, make that happen and, and stay connected. Um, I can't, I can't say that enough. Um, and, um, you know, um, beyond that, I would say, think about, um, you know, there's the basic stuff that we have to do, Peter, to, to, to look at our, our business quantitatively, you know, and that's not, that's not really unique, but that's, that's a part of operational discipline. You just have to, and I think that's a lesson for agents too, right? You have to pay attention to that. Um, and then, and then, um, really think about inventive ways to, to grow and operate, right? Like how are we, um, you know, how can we get in front of clients and, uh, how can I help agents too with their clients and, uh, create openings, um, for agent, agent and in team growth. Hmm. Um, I like to do it yesterday. I was standing on a piece of land real early in the morning, looking at a, um, a potential condo development and I'm going to tee it up for agents. And that's, you know, there's a lot there. And so I, I try to, I try to not again, spend too much time on any one river bank, hmm. um, think big and do the small stuff too, to try to help our team. Okay. I think that's great. And that's a perfect lead in, um, Concho, you have, you have secret power. And, um, I'm going to say that as a manager, I think your previous experiences are far different and far more elevated than the typical manager who just came from sales. Mm -hmm. And so this offers you a unique ability to coach agents, um, to provide advice to agents that doesn't exist with other managers. So let me ask you this. If you were to like say your secret power is, what would you say it is? You know, I, I think I would describe it, Peter, as maybe a practicality of understanding what it takes to run a business, right? And how I can relate that um, to agents and teams to help them in ways that maybe a, a typical brokerage can't, um, you know, because there's ton, there's a lot of parallels. And if, if you're thinking about um, how to grow, say a small business uh, or a large one and how to grow your real estate business, you know, you first have to create context. You have to understand your marketplace, right? You have to be committed to understanding your competitors and then how you're going to compete against them. And then because you can't compete with every competitor on every dimension. Right. <laughs> and, and so at that point, you've got to make a decision about how you want to compete um, and then create your tactics around that. So it's really, you know, that's, that's sort of basic strategic planning framework. And I think what I can do is um, I like bringing that 
thought process to people. And then along the way, um, you know, all the other lessons from business come in, right? As your team grows, your business grows, then it's, you have these managerial opportunities like you see everywhere else. You're yeah. thinking about how you're financially approaching the situation, right? Yeah. Human resource, how you're going to manage people. Um, and I think that sort of the strategic planning framework and layering on experience from multiple industries is, is really fun for me, you know? And yeah. so there's, there's a lot of lessons like that. Yeah. Um, I remember when I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's really smart. I'm, I was like, wow. You know, and, and, and I, and I mean, and when I say that, you know, not only intelligence, cause you're super intelligent, but you're thoughtful, you're strategic, you're prepared. And those are, I think, things that agents could learn from that. And you can also talk financials, you can talk scaling, you can talk systems with them. And you can talk, like you said, context, or maybe, you know, where, where and how they want to build their business might be how mm -hmm. I explain that, right. And so I know you're big on business planning with your agents. Mm -hmm. And I know you're getting ready to launch business planning because, you know, if we're going to get ready for 2024, we better get started right now because a business plan shouldn't be like a, a two day thing. It should really have some thought and planning into it. Right. So talk to us a little bit about your plans for your agents and how you're going to, you know, train them in some business planning. Yeah. It's, it's some of the things that I've, I, I just mentioned, you know, it's um, we're going to spend uh, a lot of time, um, you know, I think you have to start by creating context, Peter, and making sure they they understand the market or maybe the sub markets that they're in, um, understanding what they're up against. You know, who are they competing with, um, and how do you want to compete within that? Right? Then you start thinking about uh, help them think through what what tools and materials they have to, you know, to fill that. And so that mm -hmm. goes to, you know. A lot of in this is common territory, right? Sphere development and you know building and, and sphere marketing, and you know perhaps bringing that down to a quantitative level, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's not so unique, I think, in real estate business planning. Um, and then you know, really, I, you know, so we'll offer some broad strategic thinking, things like that, and put materials and research in front of them and then bring it down. I want to be able to bring it down to the one-on-one -on -one level and offer that in and try to play off of each agent and team's uniqueness. Um, so we've got a lot, it's going to be a lot, but I, I, I can't imagine a better place uh, to be and, you know, spend Q4 doing that, getting ready for next year. Boy, your agent's lucky to have you. Um, if you were to give advice, um, to a new manager entering the business, um, what would that advice look like? I would say, um, you know, I, I think that it, you know, a big helping of patience, <laughs> number one, it's going to take some time, mm -hmm. right, to build trust. And I think that you've got to, um, approach it with a, a calm confidence and a commitment to doing it every day and staying focused 
on the right things. You know, essentially, I think I said this earlier, you're, you're doing the things that you're really expecting your agents to do, right? You're, you're, you're showing operational discipline. You're doing it every day. Um, you're not losing focus. And so you're not um, focused too much. Not ex it's, it's okay to look outward, right? And see what your competitors are doing or what this company's doing, or what this agent's doing. But you know, I, I think you have to truncate that at some point and be open to exploring yourself and what role you know, what you're bringing to the table is, is playing in your success, you know, so just being open, um, to what you're seeing and learning around you. And I think it takes time. I, I mean, I would say, you know, it, in a, in a good size shop like this, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, to get settled into a culture and to start really clicking and growing, I, I would say it's a year plus process to 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 really be um peaking I boy do say. i remember my first year you're so you're so right on the money it was wow <laughs> it was like i my advice for new managers would be buckle up <laughs> <laughs> yeah i meditate a lot so i try to try to remain calm you know yeah stay mindful well, Concho, this is this brings us to the end of uh, the core truth today. But thank you so much um, for being my guest. Um, I'm so happy to be working with you. You're such a great guy. Same. Thank you so much for doing yeah. what you're doing. Well, that's it, everybody. That's a wrap. This is another core truth. Uh, thank you, and we'll be back next Thursday with another. See you then. Thank you, Peter.